Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacy Jones. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacy Jones. I'm so happy to be here with you all today. I want to give a very warm welcome to Mandy McEwen. Mandy McEwen is the founder and CEO of Mod Girl Marketing an award-winning digital marketing agency where they help companies increase brand exposure, authority, and revenue through the power of humanized content marketing. Through her agency, she also founded Luminetics, which is a branch that specializes in helping others make the most out of LinkedIn to generate a strong online presence. Mandy has also been named a top 24 B2B marketer by LinkedIn and has been listed in Search Engine Journal as a top 12 SEO expert. Today, Mandy and I are going to be chatting about how to leverage social media, more specifically LinkedIn, as well as how to grow the online presence of your business. We'll learn what works from Mandy's perspective, what should be avoided, and how some businesses just miss the mark. Mandy, welcome. So happy to have you here today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. You know, to start off, I would love for you to share with our listeners what got you here today. How did you land on your journey to social media and SEO success? That is a loaded question, girl. And we would be here forever if I gave the whole story. So I'll give you the short version of, of how I started. So after graduating from the University of Kansas, got a job like everyone else, realized I didn't like it, always had kind of the entrepreneur bug, discovered online marketing fell in love, wanted the typical, I'm going to work on a beach from my computer, never talk to anyone and make millions of dollars, right? As an affiliate marketer. So that's how I got started off. So I taught myself HTML and SEO, and I really fell in love and I was really immersed in all things online. But at the time, you know, you didn't really need social media. You know, this was back in 2007, uh, where it was like, you know, SEO was even kind of the wild, wild west, right? Like we were doing crazy things that you wouldn't even, you know, dare to, to think of now or your site. Black was hat marketing. Yes, black exactly. Hat marketing. Exactly. The black hat SEO world. Right. So that's how I got started. Um, I couldn't make a living off of selling other people's products and getting like $10 commissions. Right. So I was selling everything from like Amazon products to ClickBank, um, you know, PDF guides on how to whatever, like how to train your horse. I mean, literally like the most random things. Right. So I was like, I can't quit my job from doing this. And so I was actually a, a home sales rep, um, home improvement. And I heard these business owners like roofers and, and whatnot talk about their crappy uh, online marketing companies and how horrible they are and how they just rip them off and how the SEO doesn't work. And like, and meanwhile, I was doing all of this for myself and building my own blogs and creating brands. Basically I was creating my own brands from scratch, but I was selling other people's products and I was making money, but again, it wasn't enough to quit my job. And so I just had like a light bulb moment and I was like, oh, wow, I think I can actually sell to small business owners and maybe make enough money to quit my job, right? So that's what I did. And so I started uh, emailing people that were not on the first page of Google. So I started my business in Kansas City from Kansas. And I would email like chiropractors, just random people, in addition to the business owners I would meet. And I would say, hey, uh, you're on page three in Google. I can get you on page one for free. All you have to do is pay me 500 bucks when I get you there and we'll go from there. And it worked. And that's how I landed my first few clients. And so then they would hire me to do their websites. Cause of course I was building my own WordPress websites. Um, and then, so I would do web design for them. And then eventually social media started becoming a thing, a bigger thing. Right. So then I would do that. And then pretty soon I had like this full service marketing company 
one-stop shop. And I was like, crap, I got to hire people. So I went to glorious Fiverr, literally fiverr.com back in the day was my first hire ever. And she ended up being with me for like three years. She was a writer. This was like when Fiverr was amazing and it was very talented, like legit peeps. Now there's still talented peeps there, but you got to sift through them. Right. Cause there's, it's blew up, um, since then. So I just started hiring people and I was like, I think I have a business and that's, that's what happened. Right. And then so um, I started doing my own SEO work and that led to getting global clients and national clients. And so I kind of branched out of the Kansas city market, which is where I started my business and the networking there is incredible. Um, and so very grateful for that, but then I, you know, wanted to go bigger. So that's when I started kind of branching out and I um, am naturally kind of a creative. And so I, I like to write and, and create things. And so that's how I kind of got into this bigger world of online marketing is from my blogs and my content um, and social. And so I caught the attention of um, LinkedIn's own marketing team. Um, and so I've been, you know, working with them for several years and it kind of landed me on these like top lists because that's a couple of them that you, you listed out, right? And it's all for my content. And so that's when we kind of molded into like, let's focus more on this route, you know? And over the years, I mean, I've been doing this for 11 plus years now, right? So again, we'd be here forever if I talked to you about all the things that we did, but I have courses, you know, I have a Facebook group for agency. So I've literally like monetized almost every possible angle online, um, which is incredible. But now I'm in this place where I really know what we are great at, what we love, what I love, and that is the LinkedIn side of things, um, social selling, B2B, um, social media, and kind of leveraging LinkedIn from a humanized perspective. So training sales teams and marketing teams on how to be human. You know, I know that sounds like common sense to you, but it's crazy because corporate people don't think that way. They think in old school marketing methods and PR. I mean, you know all about old school PR, right? So yes. um, my goal and my team's goal now is to work with uh, enterprises, B2B corporations, and really bring this new fresh approach to their sales and marketing teams where, hey, let's really break this down and talk to people like they're human beings. No one wants to be blasted with cold emails at our sales pitches, right? No one wants to read a white paper every day on LinkedIn or a link to you know, your latest blog posts. Like there's more you guys can be doing here to build kind of that emotional connection with people. And B2B and B2C is no different and the fact that like people buy via emotions, right? Like we are emotional buyers. It's no different if you're buying a software product or if you're buying a pair of shoes, right? And so it's really trying to get to the heart of that and help corporations understand that. And that is where we're focused right now. Are you trying to say that we don't have a corporate hat we put on and become a B2B consumer right. versus, you know, our baseball hat when we're just a B2C consumer? Exactly. Although you would think that's the case because that's how it's been for- yeah eons now. Right. And I'm trying to change that. I think people forget so much that the person on the other side is actually a person that it's not a bot that yep. is actually real life. And it's the same thing with like customer service. When you go and you call to complain about something, it's still a real person on the other side who didn't actually cause your problem. And they're trying to solve it for you. But, you know, are you just going to be like, rah, 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 rah. and I think a lot of B2Bs do the rah, 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 rah as well by forgetting what you just said of so important that emotional connection. Yes, 100%. So how do you start working with your clients? Like when you're laying the groundwork, what's mm -hmm. the first step that you're like, okay, guys, you've screwed it all up. Probably not saying <laughs> that. Don't know how you're still in business right now, but right? not saying that either. But you are. <laughs> in your head, you're like, mm. Uh -huh. So how do you, you know, set them up for success from day one? What is the path that you take someone on? 
Yeah, that's a good question. So first of all, we have to work with companies that that know that there's a better way to be doing it, right? So I've been doing this for too long that I'm not now in the business to be convincing people that they need to kind of shift and you know focus on these channels. So A, that's like key, right? So having the right clients that understand that. Um, and then the next is literally just what are your goals? What are you guys trying to accomplish? Give me the numbers, okay? So your sales rep, your sales reps now, what are, what are their conversion rates look like? How many people are reaching out to? Who are you guys trying to get in front of? So it's kind of like, laying the groundwork of like what's happening here like give me the big picture of what exactly is going on so we can make it better and then the first thing we do after we have all the information is create a really robust strategy for them and so this is a uh, focused on linkedin but it goes across all networks so we're going to look at what everything they're doing on on digital right more organic than ads uh, we don't touch a whole lot of ads if they want us to give feedback on like ad copy we will but we're really the organic masters so we are known for getting results via organic marketing channels, whether that is content or actually outreach. That's still organic, right? You're not paying to get in front of people. You're not paying to send someone an email, but you're still emailing them. So that's kind of like the big picture of let's put together this really robust strategy. Let's rewrite some of your email copy, rewrite some of your LinkedIn messages and help your team devise a plan of action to make this work high level. And so when they're doing this and you're like, okay, we've gone through your LinkedIn, you're going to be organic, you're going to have conversations. Do your clients like look at you with their eyes kind of open and they're like, oh dear Jesus, God, I'm going to have yes. to actually like create content. Uh-huh. Totally. 100%. And that's where the training comes in. So we train um, sales and marketing and, and content teams on how to actually curate and create content. Because at the end of the day, you know, everyone kind of overthinks this whole like content marketing aspect and they, you know, deer in a headlight is like, oh crap, like this is so hard. It's going to take me so long. And so what we do, especially on the, the SDR side of things is because sales reps aren't, they're not content creators. Most of them aren't right. They're, they're sales reps for a reason, but it's really easy if you create a system for them to curate content. And that means they're just sharing other people's content. They're not having to come up with stuff from scratch. And that's a game changer because people don't realize that that's still very powerful. And so at the end of the day, you want to be seen as a trusted industry resource, not another annoying sales rep on LinkedIn spamming people, right? So you can easily do that by sharing other people's content, including your company's content and engaging throughout LinkedIn. And so it's kind of like, telling, you know, showing them and, and teaching them there are ways to do this that are not uber uh, time consuming and not going to stress you out. You just have to follow this system and get into a habit of doing it. And that's the biggest thing is put it on your calendar and make sure you're doing it every single day. And so it's, it's really giving them the exact steps and kind of walking them through it in a way that works for them specifically to make them comfortable and realize that it doesn't have to be as hard as you think it is. And when you're saying sharing content, that is as easy as saying, oh my gosh, hey, dear so-and-so that I'm pitching, I just came across this article and it made me think of you. It is a true solution to you know, the problem that you were discussing with me the other day. And looking forward to chatting with you in the future. Yep. Being as simple as that, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That, and then also on your own LinkedIn profile, right? Sharing it too. But yeah, no, I love that you mentioned that because that's one of our strategies is sending, you know, um, quality information to people, but don't do that right away. That's something we talk about too. And that's something that, uh, is I see too much of is people just instantly sending links, um, you know, within the first message. And that's a, that's a turnoff. People don't like that. So it's after you've 
chatted at least one or two messages with someone, you have a little baby rapport, doesn't have to be a lot, just a little bit, then send them stuff like that, right? But if you come right out of the gate with like, hey, thanks so much for connecting. I have this great resource, click here. You're gonna, you're gonna learn X, Y, Z. People are like, who the hell are you? Like, just, whoa, like back off a little bit, right? So, but I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that is such a great tactic. And same with like polls, right? So LinkedIn polls, we do this for ourselves and our clients and it's a, a legion client getting activity. You post an industry specific poll and then you message people, hey, Joe, I created this poll today and, and thought you'd find it interesting. Would love your one click vote on this. Bam, send them the link, send them the poll. And so it's just really building yourself up again as this trusted industry resource. You're not trying to sell people, but you're trying to get them involved and engaged and to see what you're doing and talking about. And then that's naturally going to lead to more business. What are other mistakes that people are making on LinkedIn right now? I know that, you know, there are so many companies out there who are like, we can lead gen for you. Here's your messaging platform. We're just going to like spam and spam and spam and spam and spam some more. Yep. But <laughs> that's, that's probably not the best one, but what right. are some of the mistakes that people are making right now? Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up too. Cause that's really the first thing I was going to say is coming and this is, I see this literally with probably every client we work with, they are instantly because they are sales reps and their goal is to land meetings. That's where they instantly go. Right. So, Hey, Bill, so great to connect with you. We do X, Y, Z and this and this and this, let me know if you want to hop on a 15 minute call. Right. So number one, like never ask anyone to be on a call in the first message ever ever. Okay. <laughs> Number two, don't send them links in the first message ever. So there, there's nothing wrong with saying what you do. That's completely okay. But you have to frame it in a way that is very lightweight and personable and approachable. So they're not saying, you know, Hey, Bill, thanks so much for connecting. I loved your article on X, Y, Z. Let me know if there's anything I can do to help you with, by the way, this is what we do, you know, looking forward to our connection, you know, Mandy, whatever. So you can still say what you do without being annoying. Right. And so that's one thing. But another thing is all those companies that you mentioned, most of them are leveraging automation to where it's just a numbers game, you know, and LinkedIn has been saying for years, you know, don't use automation. I will be the first to admit we've used automation for years. We do not now because um, one of my good friends, Bryn says, slow down the, okay, wait, wait, what is it? Hold on, slow down to speed up the outcome, right? Okay, so slow down the process to speed up the outcome. So when you're slowing things down and making it more customized, you're actually speeding up the results. Whereas when you're just blasting people, which again, this, this worked a lot better. Like in 2017, I had a really popular LinkedIn course and I will not lie and tell you that automation was, automation was killing it in 2017, yeah. right? It really for us was. too, for our agency yeah. also. Totally. In the last, last two years, no, it's like exactly. LinkedIn jail for you, first of all. 100%. Yeah, it's, it's risky. It's risky. And so that's the thing. But there are cloud-based automation tools that I still know people that are using that are safer, right? I say safer, <laughs> that ER at the end. Um, it's still a risk, but the, the challenge is, it's not even so much like LinkedIn hates automation, you're going to get in jail. It's more of you're very limited on how personalized you can make it, you know? So I am all about that personal approach. So our tactic is you need to be engaging with people before you even send a connection request. You need to be commenting on their posts. If they don't post on LinkedIn, go and look at where they comment and follow those people and comment on their posts. They need to see that name. They need to know your name before you actually reach out. So that's, there's that familiarity there. So you should spend a week 
engaging on at least three of their posts or wherever they're engaging before you even send that connection request. And then that connection request, it should say, you know, hey, Bill, I loved your post on XYZ. I completely agree with what you said about ABC. Would love to connect with you here. And they're going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember that chick. She, she did comment on that post. And they're going to be way more likely to accept your connection request because A, you're tooting their ego, right? You're saying, oh, great post. And they already know, you, not know you, but they're familiar with your name because they've seen you engaging on their content. And so it's just that little step that people don't take because they're all about numbers, numbers, numbers. Let's just blast them. And hopefully someone's going to reply, you know? And so that's really the biggest uh, mistake I see. And it's really just a mindset shift and a total shift of their approach, which is hard for them to grasp when they've been doing things this way for so long. And it's not just LinkedIn, it's email too. You know, they're, they're just so used, these corporations are so used to just blasting out these impersonal messaging across all platforms that it really does take them some time to like grasp the reality of how that's not a good idea and how there's a better way to do it. We have someone who is commenting on literally every post that comes out on my platform or my company's platform. Thumbs up, way to go. Totally agree with you. And it, it works two ways for me. One, I'm like, because eh, I'm not ready to do business with this person. But uh -huh. at the same time, I'm like, oh, he really is like involving himself with my organization. Totally. And so when I am ready to do business with someone in his field, mm -hmm. he is going to be one of the first people I think of because yeah. he's been there for months and months and <laughs> I months. Consistent. Yay, good job. Thumbs up. Want to work with you. And it really does make a way that you're memorable just from a short little phrase. Totally. No, I love that you brought that up. Yep. And it, you know, I know it, there's like a line too, between being like over the top annoying and not. So it's like that fine line. You there's a line. Balance. Yes. I like got the weekly post. Yay. Right. And you're like, thanks for the engagement, dude. I appreciate yeah. you. Yeah. But I mean, when, you know, you've been very successful on LinkedIn, but there's a lot of people who are out there who have not gotten quite the same uh, engagement in their posts. And when they do go out and as business owners or entrepreneurs or execs or, you know, build career builders, they're posting and it's kind of a silent world. It's mm -hmm. not that people are like jumping in so that if you actually do get someone to engage with you, it gives you the warm fuzzies because you feel totally. validated and you yeah. feel like you're not spinning wheels and you feel seen. Exactly. So it, it really is a good way to get noticed. Yeah, no, it is. And a, a tip there for people, the easiest way to get engagement is to leave engagement. And there's something called engagement pods, which are on all social media networks, um, including LinkedIn. And that's just as simple as forming a group of people. So I'm, I'm a part of, of several of these and you can easily form your own. All you do is get a group of, of colleagues or, or professionals that you know and, and like and trust five to 10 of them. And every single time you make a post, you put it in the, the Slack thread or the LinkedIn messenger thread. And then everyone in that group goes and likes and comments on that post. And then you do it for their post too. And so it's like, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, but that's the easiest way to start getting engagement on your posts. And then the more you do that, the more LinkedIn is going to show your posts to people in the feed. And the way the algorithm works is anyone who communicates with you via messenger or via comment, it's going to show your post more to them. So the more you do this, the more, you know, your, your posts are going to be showing up people's feeds. And it's just kind of like a snowball effect. So that's just a little hack um, for people that are listening. And if you want engagement on your posts and, and it's slow right now, like be proactive about it. Don't just wait for it to happen. Um, I 
I would have never got to this level if I hadn't have leveraged um, engagement communities, engagement pods, however you want to word them, right? So that's just an FYI and they're super easy to create. Again, you can create them with anyone you know that is actively posting on LinkedIn and then all you guys do is help each other out and it really makes a huge difference. And my assumption is you could also do this even internally with your company where you can 100%. set up something where you're posting out in your own internal company group and people could go in, engage and share. And it might be a way to get your team members to participate a little bit more in some of your content building as a company. Too. Yes, that's exactly what we do for, for our enterprise clients too. And there's actually software tools. Um, Sprout Social has one called Bamboo that helps do this for them. So you can leverage an enterprise level software to help with this, or you can kind of create your own little internal system. So we've done it both ways with clients. Is that Bamboo HR or is that a separate Bamboo? I don't know. You're like, I have no idea. I have no clue. <laughs> is it B-A-M-B-U? No. So oh, it's different. Different. Yep. There you totally go. Different. Good to know. Yeah. For all of you listeners looking for it, now you know what to do. Right? Exactly. <laughs> what are some of the other mistakes that people make? Um, when, when it comes to content, so, you know, everything that I, that I preach and everything that we do at Mod Girl and, and Luminetics is, is humanized, right? That humanized angle. And I think that's how I have um, seen a lot of success over the years is because I'm very real and I, I put myself out there, right? And my, my content is real and coming from a place of value. And I, I post videos, I post pictures. So it's the biggest mistake I see companies making is their content is just lame. I mean, there's no other way to put it. It's just boring. No one wants to read it. No one cares about linking to your 5,000 webinars or white papers. And so that's all we see companies doing. And same with even executives in the companies. The only content that they are posting are company links to webinars and white papers and events. And so they're lacking that thought leadership content. And that's really what moves the needle and gets conversations happening is let's talk about what's going on in the industry from my perspective, right? Whether you're a sales rep or an executive doesn't matter. And then let's ask people what their thoughts are. And so it's creating more engaging thought leadership content, thought provoking content, keeping up on trends and, and not just posting about the company blog or very specific company, you know, events or lead man magnets, et cetera. So it's more of like, Let's think outside the box a little bit and let's get more a more humanized approach going. And the best way to do that is by leveraging the people within your organization, because as you know, people do business with people, right? Like we, we are in this, not doing business with logos, we're doing business with people. So when you can leverage the thought leaders in your organization, people who have voices and who, you know, most of the time these are executives, but it could be really anyone that, that, you know, they're leveraging their unique perspective and they have something to say that is going to get people talking. That's where the magic is. And hardly anyone is doing that. And that's why there's such a massive opportunity out there right now for us uh, as an agency who specializes in this is to help companies do this because that's what's missing. And so they think that they have to have all this great content and you, you do need great content, but they're kind of missing the boat there. You know, all they're doing is pumping out a bunch of, you know, stats and, and reports and, and, and white papers and webinars. And that is great and all, and you can still do that. But when you're sharing that, there are certain ways to frame it, to make it more thought leadership driven and more humanized. So you're actually getting engagement because I don't know about you, but I don't like engaging on LinkedIn posts that are simply linking to a white paper or a webinar. Like, what am I going to do with that? You know, you, you give me two sentences download our white people worth an image, like no one's going to comment on that, you know? And so it's like, let's think outside the box a little bit and actually create engaging humanized content. Which is hard 
because yeah. everyone goes to the business mindset again, the business hat that's on, thinking that you need to be scientific -y, you need to be very factual, and you need to be very dry and boring. Yep. It's so funny you mentioned that because I literally just read a LinkedIn post, and I'm trying to remember who it was, and she was in a very like finance, um, you know, executives in finance world. So they're very numbers driven. Right. And she did this, this study and basically found that the numbers, so there, it was a marketer, a copywriter working for this company. And she found that the, all the stats that they were putting out there, which, which, which the numbers guys, you know, you would think would love that. So like, you know, 38% decrease and blah, 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 like all these numbers. And at the end of the day, that's not what got them. What got them is the end result. So playing on their emotions of like, what is this going to look like when you utilize our tool? What is the end result? Like leave all the numbers out of it and just tell me at the end of the day, what am I going to get for this? You know? And it's, it's funny to think that like numbers guys that literally live and breathe numbers all day long, weren't impressed. They were more impressed with the end result and playing on their emotions. And so that's just a, yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that because it's something that we forget about, especially these, these tech companies, because that's all they're doing. You know, a lot of them all day long are numbers, numbers, numbers. And so they are very powerful. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't use them, but you have to use more than that. And you have to try and experiment on new things too. And that's another huge thing that we are big at is experimentation and then optimizing from there. And I feel like a lot of companies aren't doing that because they, they're most marketing teams are, you know, they have so much going on anyway. They, they barely have enough time to do what needs to be done. They have way too much on their plates. And so they're just pumping out content and they're not really trying new things. They're just doing the same thing over and over again. And a lot of times it is, you know, let's show people the numbers and the data and the stats. And, and I, I get it. Those are great. But there's a, there's a time and a place for those. And there's a time and a place for that emotional driven content as well. Yeah, the stats are going to get you the proof that someone might need for mm -hmm. a sale. But yes. the pain points and how you're going to solve those pain points are going to actually get your interest. 100%. Yep. So what are other things that I love drilling in and say, I'm saying, <laughs> what are all the ways that you can do it right? What are other things that people truly yeah. screw up and don't get right? And they, you know, okay. Mess up their marketing in a big way. So these are more just like little tiny tips. I mean, at the end of the day, there's not really a whole lot you can do to mess up your marketing. It's like, is it lame? Is it, is it just there to, to make your brand seem active? Like there's, there's a difference between like maintaining your brand. And I totally get those people that have low budgets and they're just like posting stuff in the queue and their social media scheduling just to post. So they have something out there. There's nothing wrong with that, but if you have bigger goals, you're going to need to step it up. Right? So there's little tiny things that like make or break certain situations. Like for example, and, and we work with a lot of, um, we're with, we work with corporations, but we work with the individuals within them too. So the companies hire us, but we don't just help their company page on LinkedIn. So we are leveraging the individuals within their organization. And so a lot of times people are, again, just sharing things with a direct link. And so this is just a tip for everyone. LinkedIn um, or any social media network for that matter does not like when you take people off of their platform. So if you are linking to posts out, so let's say you're linking to your company's blog post on LinkedIn, you're gonna get a hell of a lot more views on your post if you put the link in the comments. 
versus putting it in the actual post itself. And so these are just like little tiny hacks that most companies aren't doing because they don't know any better, right? And I, I don't blame them for that. That's not their job. But this is especially rings true for personal profiles, right? It's, it's more important there than I would say company pages because company pages are, you're kind of accustomed to going and clicking on things and, and taking it you know, to the website or whatever. But on personal profiles, especially when you're wanting to get engagement, et cetera, always, you know, link in the comments, right? So mention like, check out the new ABC in the comments or check out the full report in the comments, whatever it is. And then put the link in the comments. So it's just thinking of those little tiny ways to engage with people. Another thing is hashtags. Like you don't need to put 20 hashtags in the company post. Like you just don't, it's not necessary. So but you like, don't have to do every version of women, entrepreneur, right? entrepreneur, women, female entrepreneur, oh women who support Girl. women. I see it all the time. I'm like, oh, it pains me. It just, it does have a good look. A, it doesn't look clean and nice. And B, it doesn't really help much. And so I think there was a study done. I'm trying to remember. They said after seven hashtags, like LinkedIn themselves, like came out and said, like after seven, if you put seven, more than seven hashtags, like it doesn't do anything. Like don't put more than seven. Cause that's, that's, that triggers them as a spammer if you do more than seven hashtags. So just FYI for everyone listening. So we say like do one to five, like you don't need, you know, one to five is a good number. If you want to do one more, you can, but there's no need. So it's funny. We see big companies and we'll look at their pages and it's like 20 hashtags on a post. And like, it's not, it's not, it's not doing anything. It's not helping. It's, it's, it might be hurting more than it is helping. So there's just a lot of little things like that, that most companies don't realize. And that's the, the beauty of working with a, you know, a consulting firm like us to help them with that. Mandy, how can more people learn about you? If there are listeners or like Mandy is speaking my gospel. I want to be able to get in contact with her. How yes. can they do so? So you're not going to be shocked to say LinkedIn is the best place. So I post daily new fresh content on LinkedIn every single day. So hit me up on LinkedIn, Mandy McEwen. Um, I'm also active, you know, on Twitter, Mandy Mongrel, all of them, but if you want to check out, you can go to modgirlmarketing.com. All the links are there. You'll see the link to our Luminetics brand, which is our LinkedIn specific brand. So yeah, that's it. But um, really LinkedIn is probably the best place for those of you who want to learn more and how to really leverage the, the power of LinkedIn because I'm posting a lot of awesome uh, tips and content to help you guys. So that's really the best place to connect is there. Cool. And then the word repurpose. It's my favorite word at our agency. Yes. And I have a feeling it might be your favorite word yep. at your agency also. 100%. Can we dive in a little bit into the fact that you don't need to make new content all the time, that you can actually repurpose, refresh, recreate from your well of knowledge you've already put forward. Yeah, I. it's so funny you mentioned that because it's literally like in every strategy we do and I'm turning in uh, one today and I did one last night. And that's in all of them. It's like, you guys have a lot of great content. You're not even repurposing it. You're not resharing it. You're spending all this time making these incredible blogs, for example. And you're sharing it once the moment it goes out and that's it. Like there is so much opportunity for take little quotes here, make an image here, turn it into a video, a, a short little tidbit here. I mean, there's endless, literally endless ideas when it comes to repurposing content. And that is something that is highly underutilized, as you know, by most companies. And so they spend more time pumping out new content that no one sees versus leveraging the content that they already have by repurposing. Some of my favorite tools, I'm gonna to dive in to see what your favorite tools are. Yeah. I love Canva, Canva for helping. Yep. Like Canva's unbelievable lifesaver for businesses. I can't believe any would not use it. I know. We love Magisto and Lumen5 for turning photos and videos into cool okay. content. 
What else do you use that you like tool wise? So yeah, that's Canva's, you know, daily, right? I actually just saw Canva. I've, I didn't for the, I just, for the first time, I've been seeing commercials. Have you yep, seen the they're TV ads now? I was like, yeah. Canva's yeah. on TV. Okay. They all are. right. That's they're awesome. Giant now. They're yes. so big. Yes. No, I love it. I love it. Um, so that is one we use, um, a tool called cloud campaign. It's specifically for agencies. It's a social media scheduling tool, but it's awesome because we can repurpose things in the queue. So we can take one thing and then like schedule it out, you know, every three weeks or whatever it is. So the same piece of content. So that is really beneficial too, is, you know, you can tweak. And so when I say like, we share the same thing over and over again, we're not, we're doing it a different way. We might be linking to the same blog post, but we're wording it in our tweets a little bit different with a different image or whatever it is, right? Um, my, we do, I don't create videos myself. I use Camtasia for my actual, you know, videos. Mm -hmm. And then I send them to my guy um, who uses Adobe Video Pro. I don't, I'm not yeah. a video guy. After Effects. Yeah, 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 that. Premiere, <laughs> so that, all of those, yes, like yes, things yes. that require some talent to know how to use. Yeah. 100%, not my, not my jam. So we repurpose, you know, all of like my, I have a LinkedIn show where once a month, you know, I go on live on LinkedIn, I'll either have a guest or talk to myself. And so literally we've repurposed at least five per episode, like little clips, you know, and we'll share those out on social, share it on the blog. And so I would say Canva and then the video tools that again, I don't even know the details on. And then our social media scheduling tool um, is one. There's another cool video tool called promo. Have you heard of that? Mm -mm, I haven't. It's awesome. So we use that in the past. Um, and it has like your, their own clips that you can just go and choose from. Yep. It's like promo.com and they're really neat. Um, if, if you're, you know, it's not a good fit for everyone, but it might be something to look into if you're looking into posting more videos. So I like them a lot too, but again, we have our own video guy now doing those, but I would say those are pretty much the main tools that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. And I think one thing for our listeners that y'all need to understand and know that you need to figure out a software solution that will give you cleared imagery. Don't just go onto Google and pluck off images. You want to actually get stock photos, which means signing up for something, whether it's Canva that comes with it or the other platforms I mentioned or DreamCloud that's out there that you can do a subscriber base with. You don't want to just take others' images. If you do take others' images, you want to credit them. So that's yeah. something that I think a lot of people forget about. Totally. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I love the free stock photo sites like Unsplash, mm -hmm. Pexels, all of those. They have beautiful imagery and I prefer like real shots versus stock photos. And I always yeah. tell my clients too, like, we're not using stock photos, period. Like I am of the nature that like, I would rather not have an image on a post than to have like a cheesy stock photo. Like I'm not about that life, right? <laughs> like, no, uh-uh. But like those, those photography websites where you can literally take all the amazing photos from them though. I love those and they work really, really well. Um, you know, there's several unsplash pexels and what was the first one I said? Um, I'm not sure. I I've said another one and I already forgot it. Right. <laughs> so there, there are several, and those are, I think those are better than actual stock photo sites and they're yeah. free, you know, unsplash, sorry. Unsplash. unsplash. That yeah. is what you say. Yes. Very cool. Any other last words of advice to our listeners as they start their new social media content journey that they're going to walk away from today and understand that they're going to shift things up a little bit? Yes. My last piece of advice, which we didn't have time to touch a lot on, is don't be afraid to share personal posts on LinkedIn. 
And this is a topic that I am very adamant about. And I will sit here and argue with people all day long because I've seen it work for not just me, but our clients and several of my friends and colleagues as well. I don't want to say that it's turning into Facebook because it's certainly not, and it never will. But when it comes to sharing more personal content, it does have a more Facebook-esque type vibe. Mm -hmm. The more people are getting on LinkedIn and the personal posts work. And so here we are, we've been in this pandemic for God knows how long now, too long. It, the, the way that business was shifting was already going to a more like humanized personal approach. And then the pandemic hit and we all craved that more and more. And so the more you can humanize yourself, the more you are going to succeed on social media, any social media channel, but LinkedIn is no different. And so I want to encourage you to put yourself out there more, be a little bit more vulnerable, share personal stories. I don't, I'm not saying you have to share what you ate for breakfast. No one cares about that, but you know, if you have something motivational or inspirational, let's say you read a book or someone gave you a piece of advice or whatever. I mean, it, it can be anything. It can, it, it, it's it, whatever you feel comfortable with. Right. And that, that's that comfort level. But I encourage you to think outside the box a little bit and, and apply more of your personal stories, storytelling you individually to your content, because that's, what's going to get people to know, like, and trust you. And when you do that, you're going to stand out because most people aren't doing that. And a lot of people are still of the notion that this is a, this is a professional network. I'm only going to share professional content. And I, I mean, I'm here to tell you that that's not how things are done in business anymore. It's just not, Uh, especially with the way things have shifted in the past, you know, 18 plus months and the way things are going, people want to know who they're doing business with. They want to know the people behind the brand. And the best way to do that is to share your stories and and about you and why you do what you do. So your why and what, you know, why you wake up in the morning and even about your personal life, you know, that my biggest, like most successful posts aside from polls Again, I, it's funny. I had a Krispy Kreme uh, vaccine poll go viral. Last I year. almost said Krispy Kreme a minute ago as an example. I think uh-uh. it's so funny that you're bringing this That's up. That's hilarious. <laughs> My best performing post on LinkedIn was literally a poll on the Krispy Kreme vaccine free donut situation yep. that happened last year. Oh, girl, you want to get you want to get virality? Talk about things that are people get heated about, which are vaccines. At that time, I don't think it's not as much anymore, but. It's still, you know, crazy things like that. But my, aside from that, the most popular uh, posts that have gone viral for me are personal posts. Uh, One of my wife and I on our wedding day and just little things like that, vacation posts. And so when I post personal things, it's not just like, hey, look at me, you know, I'm applying something to it, right? So it'll be motivational or inspirational, but it's still my story. And so it's not just like me posting on Instagram, you know, a selfie and just like, hey, like, there's more to it where people are going to enjoy reading it, you know? Um, but my point of telling you this and your audiences is I want you guys to embrace the fact that people want to know more about you as a professional, as a human being. And so LinkedIn is such an amazing place to do that. And it's a very welcoming place where people are more positive and encouraging than say Facebook. And so when you post personal things like that, inspirational stories, they love it. People love that sort of thing. And those are what, what are going viral, you know, more of those personal type posts on LinkedIn. So it doesn't have to be all about business. So the key takeaway here, that's taking way too long for me to give you is mix up your content, give value, education, personal posts. Like you have to mix it up and switch it up. Otherwise you're just going to be seen as another 
you know, boring LinkedIn poster that all they do is give business tips every day. Like that's not saying there's anything wrong with that, but you have to be adding some sort of personal element in there. So people feel like they get to know you, the human being, and then they're going to be more likely to do business with you. You have to become the teacher, right? And you have to like actually put that teacher hat on when we're talking about hats out right. there and share how your brain's working, how you're seeing this world, because you do have a tribe who's going to support that and believe in it. That's not just going to be horrified by what you have to say. Right. And those are your peeps that you can actually work with and probably have really long standing relationships with along the way. Yeah, definitely. Not everyone is going to, to vibe with you and that's fine. That's what you want. Like that's yeah. the whole point of sharing more personal posts is like, you want to attract your tribe, just like what you said. And anyone else who isn't a part of that, like don't waste your time with them. And so they're going to go away because they're not, you know, vibing with you from your content. And that's, that's what you want. Actually, like you want to find your people who, who love what you have to say and who feel a connection with you. And the only way you can do that is by sharing more of you as a human being and not just a bunch of tips all day long on your business. Well, Mandy, thank you so much for joining. I enjoyed speaking with you immensely. I'm sure our listeners enjoyed learning more and hearing what you had to say. So thank you. Yes. No, thanks so much for having me. I enjoyed it. Of course. And then to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I look forward to chatting with you this next week. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please make sure you check out our influencer and branded content marketing school at learn.hollywoodbranded.com to learn more about how you can, you know, truly dive into topics that you should know on how to better market your brand. Um, we'll get, give you access to courses and surveys and how you can improve your skills and knowledge and influencer and content marketing. I look forward to chatting with you at another time. Have a great one.